Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 10.03 here on SENZ and across four days, Newtown Park played host to New Zealand's best at the National Track and Field Champs, where plenty of household names showcased that they're on the right track with their performances with Paris 2024 in their sights. Jack O'Gill dethroned Tom Walsh, Eliza McCartney is soaring again and Zoe Hobbs is speeding past her competition. They were just a few of the highlights. It's my pleasure to welcome back uh, Athletics New Zealand High Performance Director Scott Newman. Uh, good morning to you, Scott, from uh, your perspective in your role. How do you think the, the championships went over the weekend? Yeah, morning, Smithy. Um, yeah, pretty heartening, actually. Uh, good to see at national level athletes are coming in fire. Um, you know, sometimes this isn't necessarily their peak time of the year. They'll be focusing on World Championships, Olympic Games, Com Games, but to be able to have a you know fantastic um, national champs like that was great. Gives it credibility, doesn't it? It gives it incentive as well. Yeah, and I think there are a few, few little rivalries there for us now too, which helps, as you mentioned just then, the um, you know the, the Tom Walsh Jacko Gill rivalry. That's that's pretty fierce now, and um, Tom's a bit grumpy, but fantastic to see that Jacko's throwing really, really well and I expect him to go further this year too but you know, interesting now, they've both thrown exactly the same distance this domestic season so I suspect it might bring Tom out for one more throw this year which would be interesting to see um, Yeah, another backup two means 800 metres we had um, Brad Mathis and James Preston, both sort of emerging world class guys, um, go head to head and James just had the class over the weekend as well to put Brad for that but it'll be interesting to follow them over the rest of the season too has the weekend, uh, from your point of view, helped to unearth some hidden gems that you're excited about developing further? Yeah, I guess what it showed is we've got a really good crop of, uh, I guess we'd call them that, that emerging world class. We know we've got the big guys. You've, you know, you've, Sam Tanner has come through and he really showed his class. The men's 1,500 metres, he just did that at a canter really. Um, you know, put 20 metres on the pack in the space of about 50 metres at one point to win it really comfortably. So confirmed his... But beneath, you know, those those really top guys, we've got a crop probably of about six, seven, eight athletes who are, you'd say, ranked probably in the 20s in the world now. And they just need to pop through, next bit of level. So the challenge for us is getting them across into Europe, do a, um, you know, do a, do a Northern Hemisphere summer, to get them access to some more world-class competition. Wasn't that long ago that uh, Eliza McCartney was uh, one of the darlings of New Zealand athlete, athletics. She lit up the stage, really. Uh, she was winning her yeah. first uh, national pole vault title in six years after a height of 4.61. Is this just the start for you as she gets fitter? Yeah, look, really neat to see her back, actually, see the smile back again on her face. Um, it had been six years. So she's still finding her way. She's still off a short run-up. So pole vaulters generally run off, say, either a 14 to 18 step type run up, she's still down on 12 steps, um, so just got to find her way back to a longer run up, so once she's back on that longer run up, she'll be um, back at the top of the world, but yeah, fantastic to see her back, and um, they're talking of those rivalries, women's pole vault incredibly strong for us, our Imogen Harris, who's Commonwealth bronze medalist, she could only finish third um, behind Olivia McTaggart and 
Elijah at the weekend, so we've got great depth there. We probably have three of them at World Championships this year. Well, I was going to say, and, and the possibility of uh, three at the next Olympics is on the cards as well. Yeah, it's not been often. We had three women hammer, hammer throwers um, in Commonwealth Games last year, so to have three, you're only allowed to enter three at these majors, mm. so for us to have full fields in some of these events, pretty exciting. So how does, how does it work? I mean, is there a specific pole vault program that, that you've got organised there? Why has it come to the point where all of a sudden we've got them lining up? Yeah, it's time, um, and we do. Um, really, Jeremy McColl is the lead coach that we've had working now for, well, Craig, we're probably 10 years. Uh, so see, he set himself up at uh, AUT Millennium on the North Shore here and had that program running, as I say, 10, 11 years now. In fact, he started it himself. He bought his own pole vault poles and got everything going. And um, now we've got a good crop, probably 20 to 30 pole vaulters. We've got an assistant coach in there, James Stain, who actually won the national championship men's title. So he's in there as well coaching. And we've got one of the younger athletes coaching as well. Yeah, just a really good crop. Um, and now got all the support team around it. I guess uh, as a nation, we're just gaining the knowledge and wisdom around pole vault and what makes people go high and um, going well. Speaking of soaring, speaking of high, Hamish Kerr continues to be the gold standard in the men's high jump, uh, winning with a height of uh, 2.20 metres. But uh, does he have competition on his heels? I mean, is there a, a field developing behind him in that event? Not necessarily in New Zealand. We've got some other good jumpers, but they're not at his level. He's a he's a gap ahead. Um, interestingly, a, an Australian bike, uh, 25, 26-year-old Australian, jumped 233 uh, last weekend, so just one centimetre behind Hamish. So it's good to have somebody that close um, who's jumping that high at the moment. Australia's also got a character by the name of Brandon Stark, um, who is a yeah, world-class jumper as well, high 230s at his very best. So between them, Hamish has got close competition. But the best thing about Hamish is he did a, um, a fantastic little indoor season over there in Europe just in February where he basically achieved everything he set out to achieve, which great news for his programme. Um, but yeah, neat to see him. Neat to see him jumping at nationals. He was literally just off the plane on Wednesday and you know was competing on Saturday. Zoe Hobbs, uh, and this is a good story for me, broke the 11-second bar- barrier in the women's 100 metres. It was uh, wind-assisted, so not recorded. Uh, but given that she also ran 11.07 in her second heat, how close is Zoe to legi- legitimately breaking that barrier, you feel? It's, she's there. Um, I, those, I guess everyone that witnessed her 11.07 in the heat in the morning were amazed how comfortable she looked and how easy that looked. And the 1089, we've been playing around with the conversions. There's these guys that do these conversions um, and there's little formula you can plug things into. And if you use the World Athletics formula based on the wind that she had, if she actually had a legal wind, which I won't get too technical, but it's two metres per second is the allowable wind. So if she had a two metre per second wind, but using World Athletics tables, she would have run 1095, 1096. So she's sub-11, so she's definitely in that shape. And she's going to run this weekend actually in Sydney uh, against a couple of very fast Aussie girls, so that may just help her through that. Where does that rate, where does that put her on the world stage in terms of uh, the World uh, Athletics Championships and the possibility of the Olympics? Where would it rank her? Yeah, she looks, she's a dead cert for a semi-final. Um, it obviously depends a little how some of the other women are running at the time, but She's definitely an outside chance now to make a final. If she can be running sub-11 at the championships themselves, she'll be in the final. 
um, she's that close. It's yeah, it's it's an exceptional time. Anyone running sub eleven under any conditions, you're moving. Okay, let's uh, hop across to the men's uh, version of the 100 metres as well. Tian Welpton uh, is really making a name for himself, picking up his uh, maiden national senior title. Uh, what about the level of composition uh, competition pushing him on both sides of the Tasman now? Yeah, we've got a few. Um, we're actually on a, well, the Australians are coming across for the Sir Graham Douglas meeting, which is uh, next Thursday night, the 16th, out at the Trust Stadium um, here in West Auckland. And there's a, a contingent of about half a dozen Aussies coming across for that. So that'll be a, a good test. And again, Tian's heading to Aussie um, to run again this season, which will end us giving that little bit of extra. The Aussies, they're, they're quick. They've got some young guys who are running very fast, very low tens. Uh, so that'll keep Tian moving as well. Of course, Eddie's still running this season as well, Eddie, before he heads off to um, Hawaii to do his American football scholarship. Um, but he'll So Tian's there or thereabouts. He's showing some real consistency this season. Again, he'll just need to run just a notch quicker and, and he'll be pretty competitive as well. You, you touched on it before, but for so long, Jack O'Gill's been the apprentice, really, uh, behind Tom Walsh. Um, and uh, they're both relatively still young men as such. Uh, Jacko throwing 21.8. Uh, Tom's best was 21.25 uh, metres. What do you think that means to Jacko mentally? A oh, massive boost for him. <laughs> he, um, yeah, I think he, he'd been looking at this for a long time. Last year he wasn't quite there. This year to win it and to beat Tom, he, 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 you could see it. I guess so, the, the grin ear to ear. So just even the confidence in that, I know he's he's definitely confident that he's going to throw well beyond 22 metres this season. And as we know, Tom's you know, Tom's best is 22.90 when he's on fire. But if you're a, a young lad throwing 22 plus, then you are world class. So with both Tom and Jacko, um, who knows, next year Paris, they're definitely outside, or not outside, they're definite medal chances next year. Other than the two Americans, it's Jacko and Tom. Uh, probably the, you'd be putting your money on for the next medals. Right, uh, let's look at also the the women's side of the field events. We've we've uh, uh, touched on Eliza, but uh, how about Maddie Wish and um, her uh, shot put throw, and uh, also the the form of uh, Tori Peters and the javelin, which is outstanding. Yeah, both actually cemented their, their, I guess, their performances for the summer. So Tori's getting really consistent. She's been 59, 69 metres every time she steps out this year. And Maddie, truly world-class, I think three throws over 19 metres in that women's shot put. Again, really consistent series. Uh, another one just under 19 metres. So both of them you know, should be looking towards world championships this year and, and perhaps just a notch better than they both achieved last year, which is great, great to see. You mentioned uh, James Preston uh, and his impressive run, of course. Um, you know, we're, we're talking Peter Snell times. Uh, I think uh, Snell's national record of 1 minute 44.3 seconds has uh, stood the test of time, set back in February uh, 1962. So uh, James Preston is zeroing in on that. Yeah, it's interesting. I read an article the other day, actually, about James. James is talking about Snell's record, and he realises now just how fast Snell was. Um, and you do, you sit and wake up when you see how quick some of these guys are running now. And Snell's time, of course, would still be world-class today uh, if he was running. But Preston has a real chance. 
Um, he's still learning his, his craft to some, some degree on an international level. Last year, he made the decision, instead of just trying to qualify for world championships last year, he decided to go to Europe and just try and run fast. Uh, and that's exactly what he did, and that worked really well for him. Now this year, to be back in New Zealand, he's run sub-146 again. So again, right conditions, right race, who knows how quick he can run. He's definitely capable of that sub-1 minute 45. And so 144 is not far off for him. So uh, that brings to mind another name who uh, obviously didn't make it back uh, from America this time round, but Geordie Beamish, where does he sit on the world stage? Yeah, he's um, he's doing for, I guess most people missed, he ran a 351 indoor mile to become our third ever fastest um, mile, in fact quicker than Sam Tanner, did that just a week or so ago. So it'd be interesting to see what he focuses on, he's told us he'd like to have a crack at 3,000 metre steeplechase, which would be different for a New Zealander. Um, but look, he's, he's now shown himself he's a world-class 1,500-metre runoff minor. Potentially will stay running some 5,000-metre races as well, where, of course, I think he was sixth in the Commonwealth Games last year. But it's really open for him now to decide what he wants to focus on and have a real crack. He's a world-class finisher. He's as good as anybody in the last 200 metres. So if he's there at 200 metres to go, you'd have your money on him. So in your role, uh, I've got to ask you, uh, Scott, in, in your role now, having seen these performances, which is the peak, of course, of, of our national competition here, uh, what now for these, these athletes and what now for your involvement with these athletes personally? Yeah, so we work, we work with each team. So each athlete's got a little team around them. We, we basically figure out what their campaigns look like uh, into the Northern Hemisphere this year. Most of these guys we've talked about will be at World Championships or have a real chance of getting there this year, which is in August. So we now just sit down with them and go, right, what are you looking at from here? Are you heading to Australia? Are you heading into Asia, perhaps May, June, just do some meets? Or will you wait and just head up into Europe and perhaps June, July and do some meets there? And so we just figure that out with each of them. And where we can, we'll consolidate uh, groups of athletes in a particular place. Like we might base ourselves in Belgium. We might have some physio support there with them, and then they'll just pop from there around for different meets that they go to. Um, one of the challenges, uh, obviously, you're all doing different events. They all get access to different meets, so it's not easy. It's not like a team sport where we just all jump on the bus, go to the ground, go to the same hotel. We've, we've At any time, we've literally got athletes spread across the world doing different things. But we just do that on a case-by-case basis and figure it out and help support them where we can. What's the production line like, uh, Scott? Uh, what secondary school athletics? I mean, I grew up through the McKevity Shield era in uh, Wellington, so athletics was hot, really hot down there. What, what about the school setup now? Is is there such a thing, or is it all about local uh, athletics um, associations? Uh, it's still very very strong. At McKevity Shield this week, I think it is. Um, but the yeah, national schools is always an interesting meet and. For the first time this year, we had an under-16 grade at the New Zealand Championships, which helped just showcase some of the younger talent. Uh, it's really as interesting because, obviously, your, your role models uh, tend to tip your talent into the events where they're going strongly through our throws events, again, really strong at a junior level. And maybe that just shows that we actually have, we have the coaching expertise now over the number of years um, from being strong at a world level with throws. And... But the sprints, even Zoe, she's obviously inspiring the younger ones. We've got some great young sprints coming through as well and depth there, which is really promising for potentially future relay teams for us where we could well be competitive on the world stage. So school athletics still very strong and national schools championships at the end of each year. There's you know, always literally thousands of kids that are the champs. 
We've had some wonderful um, athletes uh, coming from um, uh, Polynesian or Maori backgrounds over the years, particularly in the strength events. Uh, we've always been good there. Um, and I, I just wonder how the development uh, in some of the key areas of uh, the Polynesian Maori populations, the development is going. Yeah, it's certainly something we're very aware of. And um, uh, Shaka Sola's got his Solar Power Academy uh, down there in Wellington, and, and he's got a really good crop of athletes coming through there. We've also got a coach based in South Auckland as well, and out at Pullman Park, we're generating, hopefully with the support of High Performance Sport New Zealand, a, um, a throwing academy out there with the support of um, Dame Valerie. Um, but like it is, it's an immense area of interest to us just to see what we can develop and if you go through the names on our top list now um, you'll see a lot of athletes coming through from basically out of out of those regions and again it's just the support and the camaraderie that can be built around those throwing groups but pretty exciting Pretty exciting indeed I mean the, the whole uh, last uh, four or five days have been exciting with those times and uh, I just think the participation and the names coming forward uh, can only be big uh, and only be bigger too uh, going forwards. Uh, Scott, thanks very much uh, for your update on uh, what happened over the weekend. Nice to know that things are in very good heart. Thank you. Appreciate it.